puck is dropped, and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Buckley's pass, a shot, they score! Shankly Cutter scores! What a stop by Hellebuck! Nikolai Ehlers off the faceoff! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Well, hello again, and welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. I'm your host, Tyler Esquivel, joined here on Ground Control by Jets TV's Mitchell Clinton and 680 CJOB's Paul Edmonds. But before we get into this, uh, the introduction actually should have been Jets TV slash CJOB's Mitchell Clinton. Uh, I don't know if our listeners uh, had listened to the radio broadcast at all in the last little bit, but Mitchell was filling in for Jamie Thomas on the radio uh, as Jamie came down with a case of the COVIDs and uh, that provided the opportunity for Mitchell. So uh, first, uh, hope Jamie's doing well. Uh, I believe he's set to get out of quarantine here in the next handful of days and uh, should be back on the radio alongside Paul uh, in Philly. Paul, can you give a quick uh, review of Mitchell Clinton's uh, color commentary abilities? Actually, uh, to be quite serious, he was excellent. He Yay. not only knew what he was talking about in terms of working in stats and stats-based information, but also breaking down what was going on on the ice, which is so important for radio because we are the eyes of the listener. And so to be able to have that in a very detailed, comprehensive way and deliver that on the radio through being very eloquent in the way he's doing such, I thought it was simply excellent, and I was quite impressed, to be honest with you. But then, I mean, in all honesty, after the first game, it's like, okay, well, he knows what he's doing, so we're just going to move along. And I don't feel like I had to, not that I felt that way, hold anybody's hand, right? So we just kind of moved along, and and the five games were really good. And some were okay on the ice, and some were better than the, than the <laughs> others. But my broadcast partner for the five games was uh, was clearly excellent. Um, tough role to come in. Didn't seem like there was any nerves at all and it was seamless. So congratulations, Mitchell, because I know what it was like to, to do my first couple of NHL games many, many years ago in a, in a pinch hitting role. And, uh, let's just say in the pinch hitting role, you hit it out of the park. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, obviously we're waiting for the, uh, the return of, of Jamie Thomas to his, uh, to his, uh, spot right next to you on the broadcasts and, uh, hopefully that's coming soon, but it was uh, a real uh, treat for me to be able to do those uh, those games with you. So um, I was just really happy that the Jets got a win and, and what what we believe will be my last one in St. Louis. I was starting <laughs> to really feel the heat sitting at 0-3-1, and so uh, the win was, uh, was nice to be able to call too. Well, selfishly, I, I'm glad you're back because the press box has been extremely boring. <laughs> I've had no one to talk to and nobody to uh, get mad at, so uh, welcome back. Um, all right, let's get into the podcast here. I'll give you the quick rundown before we get into things. Uh, of course, Mitchell will give us the week in review. Lots to talk about. Uh, one of the things that's been a theme this week for the Winnipeg Jets is finding their identity. And uh, we're going to ask Paul Edmonds what their identity is. Uh, Cole Perfetti, he's now 10 or 11 games into his NHL uh, career in terms of uh, his rookie contract. So it looks like he's here to stay for the duration of the season. Uh, lots of young D on the back end, uh, how the Jets handled that situation and the veterans as well, uh, sprinkling them in as well. And uh, just 
making those young D feel comfortable. Uh, we're going to talk to Jansen Harkins. It's a great conversation about 11 minutes. Uh, some great stuff in there about hockey talks and, and many other things as well. Then we'll look ahead to the week that is upon us. And of course, uh, the week that's upon us really, for the most part, is the All-Star Game. And uh, Kyle Connor will make his first All-Star appearance. So we'll, we'll talk about that and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, so again, without further ado, Mitchell Clinton, maybe just give us uh, a look back at the week that was for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, a lot of not so great, but they finished on a high note. Yeah, I thought uh, Dave Lowry's analysis of the game against uh, the Florida Panthers was interesting just because... Um, you know, the penalty kill had been so good. You give up a couple on the, sorry, that was the, a different game. I've got them all screwed up in my head now. Um, the game against the Florida Panthers, you know, that one ended up being a lot more run and gun than I think the Winnipeg Jets would have liked. And as exciting as it was for us, you know, calling the game or, or in the building, um, obviously with only 250 fans, it would have been an exciting game. You think about what the atmosphere would have been like, uh, fans would have been on the edge of their seat for it, but it's also just not the way the Winnipeg Jets want to play. Um, they, they would like to be, I think a little bit more, um, a little bit more physical, but also just not as much back and forth trading of chances because yes, the Jets do have offensive firepower. That's for sure. But the Florida Panthers are scoring the most goals in the national hockey league so far this year. They're, differential uh which paul Edmonds mentioned a bunch of times on the on the broadcast is to really drive home this point their differential is also the best in the nhl so they're scoring but they're also keeping the puck out you get into a run and gun with them you're you're not going to win the hockey game and that's what happened even though the jets did respond a few times i thought their their bounce back uh in terms of some momentum swings was pretty good in that contest just didn't have the uh the firepower to be able to match up with the panthers and then you go and play uh the vancouver canucks and you know, just not, I don't think it was a, a great night for anybody. <laughs> uh, a tough, a tough loss. I mean, JT Miller would argue that he had a hat trick that night. Um, but just tough because I think it was one of those games where, yeah, you get the goal to tie it up one, one things are good, but you know, the penalty kill, which had been so good, gave up two just off of really, you know, mere seconds into both power plays. So, um, Jets got right back to being a, a real strong and effective penalty kill group against the St. Louis Blues. Um, and I think, you know, that's where, and, and Paul will get into this in a little bit, but um, that's where the identity stuff kind of came up. Like, what are, are we're not a run and gun team, but, you know, what are we? And I think it takes a little while to build this stuff, especially given the coaching change. But we've heard over and over again, fast and hard to play against. That's what the Winnipeg Jets were against the St. Louis Blues. They were quick all over the ice in their decision-making and getting, you know, from point A to B and making their reads. They were in extremely solid in the defensive zone, which is always going to be a point of focus. And then they made good on their chances. Of course, Paul Stastny, you know, gets a couple of goals against the Blues, neither of which had a goaltender in the net at the time. One was an empty netter and one was Billy Huso going out for a, for a skate and getting a bad bounce. But, you know, you look at the power play goal that Nate Schmidt scores, that's a big goal for the Jets and Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois and Cole Perfetti, I mean, that line just continues to just generate opportunities after, after opportunity. Um, and Kyle Connor is one of the best finishers in the National Hockey League is uh, really cashing in on that. So um, I think there's a, a number of positives, but the biggest positive is that the winless kid came to an end with a really solid performance that you can build off of against the St. Louis Blues. 
Paul, like we mentioned, uh, the talk of identity has been a big theme here with this group. And uh, Mark Shifley kind of saying before the team left for St. Louis that he's not quite sure what that identity is and that they're trying to figure that out right now. And, and fast and hard to play against is probably the most obvious uh, one that I think that the Jets would probably like to get to and do on, on a consistent basis. But just what are some of the, the key indicators and the markers that would help determine an identity for this group? Well, I think when teams become good, when there's been coaching changes and look no further than St. Louis and the coaching change that they had a few years ago and Craig Berube comes in and what kind of style did Craig Berube play as a player? He was a tough guy, right? And he was on the line of when tough guys were actually good at playing the game as well. They had to kind of become both. And he was sort of in around that mix. And his team plays physical. Not that the Blues never did. They always did. But they've taken that to another level with skill. So now if you're mirroring what your coach usually was like as a player, your identity becomes what your coach was or is. Dave Lowry was a good, honest, hard-nosed player. And that's the way he wants his team to play. So the message is pretty simple. Yes, they want to be fast. They want to be quick. They want to be physical and they want to be direct. That's the identity that they want to forge. Now with a new voice, sometimes that takes a little bit longer. And then there also has to be the buy-in, but it's not a huge departure from what Paul Maurice was trying to get this team to do. And in a lot of ways had it playing under that type of structure and tempo. But I think just from the standpoint that when you're losing, you're looking for answers and you look a little confused because nothing's going your way. Let's not forget that the postscript to that game against Vancouver was where all of this came out. And the Winnipeg Jets hit five posts in that game. Three of those go in. We're probably talking about a different narrative. We might not even be remarking on the fact that identities come up and been questioned here. You know, on systems play, there's a great quote from Dave Lowry that I wrote down a little while ago. He says, we have structure and some non-negotiables. But once we, once we cross their blue line, I want them to be creative and make plays. So it's not unlike any sort of high level of hockey as a coach is trying to instill that game plan. Here's what we do without the puck. Here's what we do on our side of center. Once you get the puck and you get on their side of center, do whatever you want, because that's where the creativity comes in the game. So I don't think the Jets are that far off to kind of circle back here on their identity. I don't think they're far off on what their identity is and playing to that. There's just going to be continuation of a few tweaks and, and shaping and molding when it comes to that and getting everybody on that buy-in factor. And the easiest way to do that is win a couple of games. And what a difference in attitude as Mitchell went through the games of the week what a difference in attitude that we had from leading up to the St. Louis game and then post St. Louis game with a victory. Now you follow that up with another win against Philadelphia prior to the pre all-star break schedule coming to a conclusion. And now you're at game 41 going into 42. You're right at the midway point of the season. Well, I think that's where the Winnipeg Jets can start to look to say, Hey, this is the way he's asked us to play. We're starting to be successful at it. The buy-in comes and then you have more success, you roll from there. But to kind of recap, I don't think the Jets are far off their identity from playing fast, playing physical, and playing direct. 
Mitchell Colperfetti is now at 11 games played in his NHL career, and uh, all signs are pointing to the fact that he will be with the Winnipeg Jets for the remainder of the season. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, he's on that line with Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, he's got three points, one goal, two assists, so he's not lighting up the score sheet uh, by any means, but at the same time, he is effective and he's been looking very good. I thought he was very noticeable in that game against St. Louis. He obviously had the the grade A chance that eventually led to that goal by Kyle Connor. Um, just what have you seen from the young forward that's allowed him to to have some success? He sits fourth on the team and shot a ten percentage, which really is probably about second. He's at fifty four point two. The two leaders on the group are Johnny Kovacevic and Declan Chisholm. So only two game sample size there. But uh, just what have you seen from the young forward? Well, I think what I'm seeing more and more of is confidence. And that's probably the biggest thing that's come with playing this number of games. And it's only going to continue to grow. And, you know, he's playing on a line, like you mentioned, with two guys that are, you know, world-class players and, you know, have the ability to create and make things happen. And Cole Perfetti is an incredibly smart hockey player as well. Um, So you can see when he gets on the ice and uh, he starts playing and working off of Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois, the great things happen and he's not necessarily deferring to those guys either, which is a really good thing to see out of a, a young player who's only played 11 games. Um, he knows when he needs to shoot the puck. I thought what was really interesting on a two on one in St. Louis, um, he kept on a two on one and let the shot go. And, you know, sometimes, you know, as good of a passer as Cole Perfetti is, he's a fantastic playmaker. He does have a good shot and it was, you know, indicated on his uh, first NHL goal in Washington ripping that uh, wrist shot off of a Pierre-Luc Dubois pass. So um, he's got it all in the offensive zone. And, you know, we talked about the Vancouver game and how there wasn't, you know, a, a lot going on there. But in the, in the, Van, in the uh, Florida game, the two power play goals the Jets do get, they're set up by Cole Perfetti. And they're fantastic plays by him um, in both regards. So it just shows he's got a lot of confidence with the puck. And he's going to continue to work on every aspect of his game. That's just the way it is, you know, in the defensive zone and whatnot. And, and, the, and the thing that keeps sticking out to me about things that Dave Lowry has talked about over the last little bit is being hard to play against doesn't necessarily mean you have to, you know, run guys over all the time. Cole Perfetti will have the same expectation on him in terms of being able to come out of corners with the puck as, you know, Brendan Dillon. They're just going to do it differently. And I think those are the little things that Cole Perfetti is going to continue to learn is just different ways to go into the corner to take the puck off of, uh, you know, opposing defensemen and be able to create something again. And I thought he's been very effective so far in his NHL career. Now the next, the big landmark was 10 games, for, as you mentioned, for that en- first year of that entry-level contract. The next one is 40. Um, that affects his uh, unrestricted free agency. And when that happens... So that's the next milestone to keep an eye on, but that's a long way to go until then. But man, you're seeing so many great signs from Cole Perfetti uh, in this opportunity that he has with Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's great to see. Uh, Paul, Mitch had a stat on our road report uh, yesterday about 1,200 NHL games of experience that were out of the Jets lineup. I believe at one point or another, Mitchell, was that correct? It was. Yeah, it was... Um, with Morrissey, DeMello, Beaulieu, and Stanley. Now, Stanley's only got 72 of those games. Sure. That's, yeah, it's, I think it's 1,225 games where, of NHL experience were out of the Jets' blue line going into the game against St. Louis. 
All right. So the Winnipeg Jets playing with a pretty young defense core, Billy Hainala, Johnny Kovacevic, Dylan Sandberg, although he was hurt as well now, uh, and Declan Chisholm. Paul, what have you seen from the defense core, especially the veterans that have sort of stabilized everything? And let's not forget, Brendan Dillon was also out for a good chunk of time as well. The only two mainstays right now have been Nate Schmidt and Neil Pionk. Just what have you seen from the, the blue line core that sort of allowed them to stabilize a little bit with all these new faces? Yeah, Brendan Dillon missed three games, and I think Dave called him a caged animal when he came back and started to play. And, you know, it's funny because as soon as he's come back, he was good all year. But when he came back from COVID protocol, I noticed that there was uh, another level, another layer to Brendan Dillon's game. What have I noticed? Well, there's two things here that I think that you really have to break down. And eventually they come together because that's what you want in this organization. And it's kind of cliche, but they've been using it. And Neil Pionk talked about it the other day, and that's that next man up mentality. Well, that's great in theory, unless you don't have those guys to plug and play into those positions because maybe your organizational depth isn't very good. That's not the case with the Winnipeg Jets, especially on the blue line. We have seen the organizational depth on display and rise to the top now. And I don't think anybody would have a problem if Declan Chisholm, Dylan Sandberg, Jonathan Kovacevic, Vili Hainala all became full-time NHLers in the next calendar year. They're all ready. They really are. They're all ready to go and play in the National Hockey League full-time. Some of them might need a little bit more seasoning in certain areas to refine their game, maybe offensively, understanding a little bit more on the defensive side, but that could be learned as more of an apprenticeship at the NHL level if you had to move them in. So that's great. That's that's what you want to see. You want to see that push from below up into your team at the highest level. And the Winnipeg Jets certainly have that. It was forced on them because of injuries in COVID. So these things sort of sometimes through that serendipity have a way of, of finding their way to some success. And that's what's happened here. The other side of that is I do believe that you have to have good veterans to be able to bring those guys along. And in the last handful of games, we've really seen that for sure. From, as you mentioned, Neil Pionk, Nate Schmidt especially, I think has gotten to another level in his game and the ability to move the puck, defend. He was quite frank about how he looked at himself earlier on as a defenseman. And then if it was a bad shift, he would take that to the bench and he'd be all upset. And now as you know, a 31-year-old guy or a 30-year-old guy, He's a little bit more in tune with understanding there's a lot of game to go and he can get back to, to playing another shift in the next 45 or 50 seconds. Forget about that last shift. And that's good because maybe he can mentorship somebody younger than him with that same sort of mentality, that same philosophy to play in the position. So what we've seen is the young, good prospects pushing up into the NHL level and then your established NHL D-men for the Winnipeg Jets being able to rise their level as well but then the merging of the two coming together i think the winnipeg jets for many many years to come are very well served and it bodes well for them on the blue line it's been a lot of fun to watch and see but there's a lot of great prospects and not just prospects anymore tyler and mitchell guys that now are ready for the national hockey league it's only a matter of whether they get their chance with somebody moving out another injury maybe more covid who knows let's hope not but i think that this 
really tells you about the draft and develop nature of the Winnipeg Jets over the last 11 years, specifically the last handful, and that these, these draft selections for the last handful of years are ready to play now, and there's a lot of skill and talent among them. Yeah, I feel like this stretch of time that we've been witnessing is really interesting only in the fact that the 1920 season when the Winnipeg Jets went in and, and lost the likes of Tyler Myers, Ben Sherratt, Jacob by Dustin Buffon, like their defense core was decimated. And I think you're starting to see the page slowly turning to this new era where, as you said, I think the general consensus was not quite sure what the defense for the Winnipeg Jets is going to look like in the long term. Uh, might need a few, you know, for lack of a better term, just quick fixes, essentially. But now... That's starting to change for the Winnipeg Jets, as Paul mentioned. All right, into our guest, Jansen Harkins joins us. This kid's a great interview. Uh, appreciate him taking 10 or so minutes to chat with me. We talked about a ton of things. Uh, his dog, Fox, uh, you can follow him at Fox the Puppy on Instagram, uh, is an interesting follow. Uh, we talk about hockey talks and mental health, uh, which was a great discussion. And then we close things out with some chat about the uh, Cleveland Browns, his uh, favorite NFL team. But I don't think he was too excited to discuss that. Uh, anyway, enjoy the interview. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. Hi, this is Jansen Harkins, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Joined here on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets with Jets forward Jansen Harkins. Jansen, uh, let's talk, well, we'll start with your dog, uh, Fox the Puppy. Uh, That's the Instagram handle I'm referencing. Dog's name is Fox. Uh, Tell me about Fox and how you got him, what kind of dog he is, and and all that good stuff. Yeah, he's, uh, I guess he's a golden retriever, Uh, almost four now, so time flies, but uh, I mean, he's a great dog i think my first year pro in winnipeg um just spent a lot of time you know solo by myself uh um you know kind of trying to find find ways to pass the time really and picking up hobbies and whatnot and um i realized i didn't really have many hobbies and might as well just get a dog and (laughs) keep myself busy so i got a dog that summer and uh rest is history but um no he's awesome it's it's always fun to come home to uh you know, a furry little friend and someone who's always in a good mood. So it uh, makes life definitely more more interesting. So I asked this question as someone who got a dog, I think it was four months ago. Uh, so when did you get the dog in the summer and how much lead time did you have to do training up until when you had to come to Winnipeg and then you're essentially on your own? Yeah, I guess uh, just just two, two, three months or so. I was living with my parents back home in Vancouver. So okay. it made it a lot easier because then, yes. uh, you know, like most of us do, <laughs> pass off a lot of the responsibility okay. and, and chores off to my mom. Uh, so our scenarios are not the same then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I did it at the right time and then uh, been been away from home since then. So uh, it was kind of my last ditch effort to, uh, you know, slack off a little bit and, and okay. enjoy my summer. So, uh, yeah, my mom did a great job and obviously I, I chipped in and, uh, the best I could. Sure. He's been... Uh, He's been great, and I think he, for the most part, he's been a pretty easy dog. So okay, well that's good. Yeah. Um, what kinds of things do you guys get up to in your home in Winnipeg and have some time away from the rink? Um, just being outside, really. Uh, obviously, during the season, it's a bit, 
hectic in terms of uh, travel and, and game days and stuff like that where he, he doesn't get his fill, uh, per se. So um, I try to kind of get as much as I can in with him on, on our days off and uh, let him rip around. And obviously in the summertime when, when games aren't really a, a thing and, you know, travel isn't as bad, uh, uh, try to get him a lot of swims in the ocean and, yeah, hikes and stuff like that. It's it's tough because we're 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 still on our feet training and, and on the ice a lot yep. in the summertime. So, uh, I try not to do too much extra in terms of hiking and being on my feet, but I also got to kind of get him his. So, uh, honestly, the best thing for me has just been letting him swim and just sitting there and watching and soaking in some rays. Uh, it was uh, hockey talks night yesterday here at uh, Canada Life Center as you guys took on Florida. Um, just what's mental health mean to you and, and what what does like normalizing that conversation mean to you and how does your dog play into that a little bit too yeah I think uh I mean I think mental health is is a is a huge subject uh to to be talked about I think especially in hockey or, or professional sports um obviously we can we can lead by example and have a, a voice maybe bigger than um, that we realize. So I think uh, for us, it's just kind of trying to continue the conversation and and obviously helping people, uh, you know, get rid of that that stigma that it is something, uh, you know, that you, you should be, um, I guess, I don't know if it's embarrassed or, or shy about coming forward with, but I think that's that's kind of the biggest conversation for me is, is letting people know that, you know, it's, it's normal to have things that come up in your life and have difficulties and and uh, being able to kind of talk to someone and, and owning up to that is, is, is something that's pretty brave. And um, I think that's something everyone is respecting a lot more now is, is owning up to kind of your, your difficulties in life. And, and I mean, I think we've all experienced that, you know, every single player on our team. Uh, I know I definitely have had moments of, of uh, mental health and, and uh, times where times are tough. So um, I think it's just getting that narrative out there that it's okay not to be okay. And uh, in terms of my dog, I think, like I said, something uh, something goes wrong. You know, not every game goes well. Not every day goes well. And just having something there uh, to kind of pick your spirits up, if it's a dog or an activity or, or loved ones. And uh, for me, just being away from home and my family, I think that's kind of what he is for me. What are some of the ways that you cope? You know, you, you just mentioned it. We all have our, our struggles, our day-to-day grind that we get caught up in. Just how, what are some of the ways that you cope? Um, staying busy. Yeah. I think that's my... My biggest thing, um, trying to stay busy. That's why I got the dog, you know, get me out of the, the house a little bit, uh, talking to people back home, talking to my family, my friends, um, hanging out with teammates. I think for me, uh, a lot of my, my problems come when I'm kind of trying to think, think and overthink a little bit too much and kind of try to figure things out. And I think that's kind of something I've learned is, is sometimes you don't need to figure it out. You know, you just got to let time do its thing. And um, for me, it's just staying busy and let the time pass a little quicker and, and not really not really try to try to figure it out all at once. And, um, I mean, that's life, right? Life comes and goes. And, uh, I try to kind of ride that good wave when it comes. Speaking of good waves, uh, you're almost at 100 NHL games. Um, how do you reflect on the first 100? It's probably not exactly how you thought it was going to go um, when you were, let's say, 15 or something, but you're here. I guess just what do you? how do you reflect on that journey? I mean, yeah, I mean... Playing in the NHL was always a goal for me. It was always a dream. Um, uh, still, still days, days now. You know, you wake up and I mean, it's kind of a pinch sometimes. You realize you're playing in the National Hockey League, and 
Uh, for me, it's just trying to, uh, you know, earn earn every game, earn every shift, and 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 just get better. I think, uh, you know, yeah, not every game is going to go the way you want it, but you know, you try to s- string together more good than bad, and uh, I think it's just keep building. I think I've come a long way from my first game, and I know, I know the player I am now, and I know the player I want to become, and um, I think I'm I'm on the right road, and just going to try to try to find find a way to get there is there a particular memory that sticks out out of that first hundred that you kind of look back on and really proud of or you just have fond memories of uh I mean there's tons obviously um if it's a big win or a big goal or um anything like that that's those are the moments that really stand out and um unfortunately we haven't been able to really have too many too many big big moments or big wins with fans and and kind of being in an atmosphere where it's it's uh it's one to remember just with with the the situation of the world but I mean hopefully coming forward or the next hundred here you know we'll get a lot more of those and um, those are the things you really remember when when it's kind of the atmosphere you've hit uh your most games played in the season already this year uh just what's it meant to you to just sort of be a consistent contributor in the Jets lineup every single night not sort of worrying and wondering if you're going to be playing that evening yeah I think that's I mean that's a a big honor I think like I said it's a dream to play in the NHL and to be able to play every night and 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 at least get out there and, and give the team you know a chance give yourself a chance to help the team that's something that everybody wants to do uh, no matter if you're the best player on the team or, or the last guy kind of in, it's it's something that you want to be able to go out there and contribute. And um, I mean, like I said, I think as a team, you know, we're we're still trying to find it a little bit. I think personally, you know, things kind of come and go. But um, so far, you know, so far so good. I feel like I've been playing pretty well. And um, there's definitely things I want to add to my game. And um, you know, with the help of the coaches, and you know, hopefully we can get on a bit of a run here. And when we're winning and the team's feeling good, I think that kind of reflects in everyone's game. So um, just going to try to obviously do my part and, and step up and help us win some games. What, t- what types of things right now you know, allow you to say that I had a good game tonight, given the role that you're in on this team? Just what are the things that you work towards every night to say, okay, I did my job? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, just details. I think uh, that's something that, you know, when you're – you're on a team you know the you know the guys who are going to score your goals you know the guys who are gonna you know make your big hits or or fight guys or or stop the puck right yeah. so everyone's got their 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 skill I think that's something I've been trying to work on a lot more this year is is find out you know what is what is my what do I bring to the table and that's something um obviously there's games where I feel good and I'm I'm moving my feet and I'm buzzing around out there and and I think for me that's it's that's it it's kind of just being uh being on the puck and, and being consistent in terms of a forecheck and, and just being relentless. And I think, uh, you know, it's it's hard to play that way. And I think that's something I, I pride myself in, in always working and, and getting getting after it, really. So, um, I mean, definitely don't score the most goals on the team or have the most hits, but I think I can be consistent with my feet and and uh, and just and just skate hard and, and, you know, make some plays when I can. Uh, we'll close things out with some football talk. When we were on the road the other day, you were wearing a Cleveland Browns hat. Uh, what's going on with the Browns right now? Yeah, it's, that's a bad way to end it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this was our year too, right? It so was. This was supposed to be our year. We had a big, big offseason. Uh, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, I guess. Uh, injuries, uh, COVID, you know. <laughs> it's a yep. it's a little bit 
familiar, you know, uh, in, in terms of pro sports, that things kind of can go your way and sometimes they don't. So um, it's the way she goes. And I think we'll be back. We'll be back better next year. So I, I still got some hope. Okay. So is Baker the answer? I, I don't think he listens to the podcast. Yeah, so. don't, don't ask me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fantasy football, you're in the uh, Jets League, I assume. Uh, how'd that go for you this year? Not good. Not good? Okay. Not good. Okay, we'll end it on a couple I, bad notes then. Yeah. <laughs> I was not the worst, but that's no uh, – I was definitely not the best either. So. Okay. Silver lining. All right. Thanks yeah. so much, Jansen. All right. Thank you. Winnipeg Jets fans, did you know that online 50-50 tickets presented by PlayNow.com are available for all Winnipeg Jets games? That's right. Whether the Jets play on the road or at home, you can participate in the game day 50-50 draw. The winner will take home half of the jackpot with all proceeds in support of the True North Youth Foundation. Remember to buy your tickets on all Jets game days at WinnipegJets.com slash 50-50. All right, moving right along here into the back half of the podcast. Mitchell, the week ahead, which includes one game for the Winnipeg Jets against the Philadelphia Flyers, who are not having a great season. And I was thinking last night before I went to bed, like they have a lot of like names on this team. You know, Claude Giroux, Kevin Hayes, Cam Atkinson, Rasmus Ristolainen, Carter Hart, I would say is a name if you're Canadian, uh, obviously a, a goaltender with a lot of promise and a bunch of others. And Keith Yandel just hit the Ironman streak. Like they have some players on this team, but things just aren't working. They fired their coach Elaine Vino earlier in the season. Just what are you looking for uh, as the Jets uh, close out the first half of the schedule? Well, I mean, the Flyers themselves, you know, just snapped to like their second double digit winless skid as well. So like they've, you know, like you mentioned, they've had a tough go uh, so far this season, despite the names they've given up 147 goals this year in 44 games. It's the fifth most in the NHL. So, I mean, obviously the defensive side of things has been a challenge for the Philadelphia Flyers. And on the flip side of that, they've only scored 110 four. So that differential is not very good, you know, so you're, you're minus 37. And when you're not scoring, but you're allowing a lot, it's real hard to win a lot of hockey games, no matter who you have on your roster. So the Winnipeg Jets, you know, certainly want to carry this feeling from uh, the win over the St. Louis Blues into Philadelphia and be able to close out this pre-All-Star break schedule with a victory. And then, you know, Kyle Connor gets to go to his first NHL All-Star game and uh, we're going to be there. The Jets TV is going to be there to make sure that, uh, you know, you guys are able to see all the behind the scenes stuff that goes on uh media day is on the friday so that'll be um a good time to talk to kyle and see how he's enjoying the the first little while and then there's the skills that night uh starting at uh 4 30 local time so that'll be uh 6 30 back at home uh, in manitoba so keep an eye out for that i remember seeing a report a while ago i don't know if it was confirmed but kyle connor you gotta think he's going to be in fastest skater that's going to be a, a really fun event to watch so uh, make sure you keep an eye on that. And then Saturday's the actual games um, that they begin around noon Pacific. So uh, lots to come from Jets TV. And during this week, even though there's only one hockey game, uh, we'll be sure to bring you absolutely everything that we can from the uh, the All-Star weekend as well in Las Vegas. Really cool that Kyle Connor gets to go uh, experience his first NHL All-Star game. He's been, you know, in and around, always inside that top 10 in scoring uh, in terms of goals this entire season and in terms of shots on goal, he's always been, you know, first, second, third, um, 
just a really exciting hockey player to watch. And now he's going to be able to do it on this kind of stage. I think that's super exciting. So that's a great way to, to end the week. One other thing to add uh, for the week ahead, uh, Jets TV, Mitchell and myself and our, uh, I believe he's director of alumni relations, Anders Strom, we're linking up uh, down in, in Las Vegas. And we've actually got some uh, interviews and some shoots lined up with uh, former Jets goaltender Pokey Redick. Uh, I'm sure uh, Jets Jets 1.0 fans will remember that name. And then uh, Manitoba Moose fans back in the early days, Fred Brathwaite as well. He is currently the goalie coach for the Henderson Silver Knights. So we're going to link up with both of those gentlemen and uh, tell some stories and probably have a few laughs as well. So uh, look for those uh, pieces of content on our platforms in the coming months. Uh, yeah. And then Paul, I'll let you end things off. Just what does an all-star distinction mean for a player like Kyle Connor? He had his 24th of the year, uh, in St. Louis, the kid has just been on fire this season. It's gotta be pretty special. Well, sometimes when you have a distinction of being selected as an all-star, it does mean more money because there could be a bonus clause in your contract. And I'm not sure if Kyle Connor has that or not, but you know, the monetary gains can be significant sometimes if you do. I would be surprised if he didn't, but it also tells you a little bit more about Kyle's season this year than just leading the team in goal scoring and points. Yeah. He has 24 goals and he has 44 points at the time that we do this. He's on pace for 50 goals where he has never attained before. He's on pace for almost 90 points where he's never got to before. So that tells you a little bit about the season and why he was selected as an all-star, but also I think it, kind of goes to hand in hand with the way he's played the overall game. Now on the plus minus category, he is a minus, but he's also playing against the other team's best. That line of his with Pierre-Luc Dubois and now in the last 10 or so games with Cole Perfetti has been, and before that there was a lot of mixing and matching. I mean, they never had a consistent right winger, you know, Svechnikov was there. They tried Harkins. They tried Veseline. And I mean, there's been, that sort of potpourri of guys on that line, but the consistent players have been Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois. And Kyle Connor for me has been the driver from the outset of this season. He hasn't missed a game, knock on wood. He has played the exact same way every single game. Every time he touches the puck, he is a threat to score. And that includes getting back to killing penalties because he's killing penalties again. And he does have one shorthanded goal. The Jets have three um, you know, Andrew Kopp and of all people, Dylan DeMello have the other two. But this is a guy that is a threat in all aspects of the game. 5v5, power play, penalty kill. He plays against the other team's best if you want to go hard match that way. And I just think that he's developed a 200 game over and above just being a scorer or an offensive guy. He is like Mitchell mentioned. He's not going to be the guy that's going to run you through the wall but he will get in on your hands and he will along the boards or in the corner. A lot of times come out with the puck because he's very good at board battles. And then also making sure that he can get out of that traffic to make a play after he wins that board battle. So these are layers and elements of his game that I have started to really see develop. They were fostered the last couple of years. They've taken a huge step this year. As a result, he gets rewarded with a distinction of being the lone Winnipeg Jack going to the all-star game. And in a lot of respects, I really like the way Kyle has kind of felt comfortable this year in that role as well. 
you know, we see him every day. He's up at the lectern or podiums or the microphone talking. He just seems much more relaxed and engaging the media or requests from us, you know, the, the pregame shows or the Jets TV requests. He seems to be enjoying it a lot more. And I think that he's just gotten to a level where he's very comfortable as a player and as a person. He's got four years left after. After this year, he is an important part to the Winnipeg Jets, not only now, but going forward. And I think that it's well-deserved that he's going to the All-Star game this coming weekend, representing the Jets in Vegas. I couldn't think of a better player from the start of the season until now that deserves that honor and distinction other than Kyle Connor. All right. Well, that just about does it for another episode of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, thank you for listening. As uh, we try and say every week, we really appreciate you guys. And uh, we're sorry that it's not been a, a, a every Monday thing, uh, but it's just the way the schedules worked out this year that it is, it's tough to hit every Monday. So thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate uh, you guys tuning in. And uh, if you ever have any questions uh, that you want answered, Feel free to hit us up on Twitter and we'll be more than happy to get you guys involved in the podcast. Um, so on behalf of myself, Tyler Escabel, Jets TV slash 680 CGOBs, Mitchell Clinton and 680 CGOBs, Paul Edmonds. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos and more, head to winnipegjets.com. Proceed, we're able.